0: Good morning and welcome to our discipleship class this morning. I'm glad y'all could make it out. It's been a rough time as far as temperature goes. It has taken its toll. <laughs> what? Well, it's not, it's not North Dakota weather, Deb, but it's warm down here. So uh, if you're feeling that fatigue, that's normal. There's nobody here that's not just pretty much whipped from this kind of weather, But uh, stay tuned, because today's lesson is about our identity with Christ. And there's a lot to say about what we feel in our flesh versus what we're supposed to be feeling in our spirit. So listen up, and you're probably going to learn some pretty interesting stuff today. So this is Lesson 10 from the Discipleship Class by Andrew Womack. And he's talking about our identity in Christ. This is part two. Uh, Barrett did the first part. So if you want to look on our website, go back in the archives and look at part one. Um, So first, let's talk about identity. You know, I was thinking about this. So I was saying, you know, when you go to any official place, they ask you for your identification. So do we have an identification with Christ? I, I, I don't think we do. It's not, a, it's not a card. It's not like you can just hold up your card and say, well, I'm saved. See, I got it on, he- on my card. It's not an identification. It's an identity. It's an identity. It's a personality. It's something that you are, not something that represents the club membership that you have. It's a living thing. It's your identity in Christ. So let's keep that in mind as we go forward. So in our last lesson, we discussed what it meant to be born again, that in our spirits, our hearts are changed. In our spirits, our hearts are changed. We used 2 Corinthians 5.17, which says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. We began to see that when we are born again, a total transformation has taken place in our spirits. And, and this was the new part for me, that total transformation in our spirit, the only way to know that that has transpired in our spirits is through the word of God. In other words, the Bible tells us that we've had this total transformation. You wouldn't know it otherwise. It says that um, we can't perceive it through external things. We cannot perceive it through our emotions because that's in the soulish realm. But, In the spirit part of us, there is a total transformation. Let me use a few scriptures to show the things that took place when a person received Jesus into their life. Ephesians 4.24 says, Put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. When a person is born again, their spirit becomes righteous and truly holy. The Bible actually speaks of two types of righteousness. This is good stuff. There is a righteousness that you can produce through your own actions. You must maintain that type of righteousness in relationships with other people. So in other words, it's by works. You maintain a certain physical righteousness. If you do not live right or do right, your boss may fire you or your spouse may divorce you. So you need to have your own righteousness. God, however does not accept you based on your external righteousness. And that's important. God literally gave you his righteousness. So it has nothing to do with you or your abilities or how good you act. It's all about what he has already given you. So in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, God the Father made the Son to become sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So there is a righteousness which goes far beyond our external righteousness and is based on what God did for us. We literally received the righteousness of God by faith in Christ. We were created in righteousness and true holiness. We aren't growing into that righteousness. We are already righteous. I thought that was a huge nutshell right there. So if you're in the mindset where you think, Um, You know, when I get my life cleaned up, I'll I'll be in good standing with the church. When I stop doing whatever particular sin, God's going to fully love me. Or I'll finally get saved or go to heaven when I can stop doing whatever. Nonsense. Nonsense. Listen to what he says. Uh, A simple definition is that we are already in right standing with God. When you have accepted Christ, he gave you God's righteousness. 100%. Done. You're 100% righteousness. In your spirit, there is the fleshly side, the external righteousness that he talked about. If you don't do right, your your, your boss is going to fire you, your husband or your wife is going to leave you. Certainly, we're called to act better, probably better than most. But in terms of your spirit, you are 100% righteous. God is pleased with us based on Christ and not anything else. Our spirits are where the change took place. We are already created in righteousness and true holiness and are brand new creatures. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. In our spirits, we are perfect and complete. So you need nothing in terms of your spiritual man. There is no sin in your spirit. There is no inadequacy in your spirit Ephesians 1.13 says that after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. And what does that mean? Some of you may think, well, when I first believed in the Lord, I did believe I was totally forgiven and cleaned, and then everything was fine. But since that time, I have sinned, and I have failed. I have failed God. If you did, you failed in your actions and in your mental and emotional part, but your spirit did not sin. It was sealed just as, and I don't know why he says this, but just as a woman puts fruit in a jar. I put fruit in a jar too. So, <laughs> it's just, as a person puts fruit in a jar and then puts paraffin wax over the top, it seals out all the impurities. It seals out all the bad stuff and it preserves the freshness of the stuff in the jar. So you are sealed. God has sealed you with the Holy Spirit. So when you were born again, you received a new spirit Sin does not penetrate your spirit. You have a new identity. For you have, in order for you to have a relationship with God, this is awesome, you have to fellowship with and worship him based on who you are in your spirit, not who you are in your flesh. I thought that was just groundbreaking. Let me repeat that. In order for you to have a relationship with God, That's pretty fundamental. In order for you to have a relationship with God, you have to fellowship with him and worship him based on who you are in your spirit, not in your flesh. So we'll come in Sunday morning sometimes, just a little bit beat up from the week. It's hot outside, we're tired, hard to get up, probably didn't sleep a whole lot last night. You know, the devil's going to do whatever he can to make you miss church. So you come in here and you're feeling that flesh just dragging you down. And then we stand up to worship. It's like, oh, yeah, praise you, Jesus. Yeah, all right. <clears throat> but we're not to worship based on our flesh. And if you did something really bad this week, don't let that be how you worship God. It's in your spirit. And it says here, our spirit is 100% complete. Our spirit contains and is sealed by the, the righteousness of God. 100% righteous, impervious to sin. And that's something to give thanks for right there. We talked last week, I mentioned a couple times about stirring yourself up. You keep that in mind, you're 100%. You are clean. Yes, you still need to ask God for forgiveness for all the stuff you've done, surely. But in your spirit, he sees just himself. He sees Jesus. You're awesome. You're totally complete. And it's like, wow, that, woo, thank God we had Jesus, right? You know, I mean, if I had to do it by myself, uh, I'd be in trouble. So um, you are sinless you're righteous, you are eternal, you are perfect, you are healthy. Think about that. If you have God's righteousness 100%, the Holy Spirit is indwelling in you, you're 100%. And let that from your spirit spill over into your flesh. I'm healthy, I'm whole, I'm righteous, I'm sinless, I'm perfect, I'm eternal. That's pretty awesome stuff. This is really the great transformation in the Christian life that a person has to change their identity. You have to relate to God based not on what you do in the physical realm, not what you think in your mind, but who you are in the spirit based on what he has done for you. In other words, he took all that bad stuff for you and he exchanged that for his perfect righteousness. That's a pretty awesome gift. And that's a completed work. Jesus said it's finished. It's finished. You cannot add to it in any way. I don't care how many prayers you say or how much carpet time you spend, you cannot add to your righteousness, not one degree. It's already done. It's completed work. It's it's something that does not fluctuate. It doesn't go back and forth. God's not going to condemn you after that. Say, oh, but you did that one thing last Thursday. No, not going to happen. He doesn't pull the carpet out from under you at the last minute. Uh, You were created in righteousness and true holiness. That is the spirit part of you and to fellowship with God, you have to worship Him in spirit and in truth. So when we feel that fatigue, that drag of the flesh, man, I'm beat. I had a really rotten week. People were just all over me. Things were just crazy. We come into church, we need to throw that off. You know, a lot of times I'll pray that when we pray before service, I'll pray to just leave that at the door. Just well, let's cast off the worldliness, cast off that fleshliness. Let's, be, let's become spiritual. Let's think about who we are in the spirit. We're 100% righteous. Let's worship God from that place. I'm 100% righteous. And I'm going to stand before God and sing his praises just like the angels will. They don't have sin either. You have to stand in this identity of who you are in Christ. And just, that's just something to think about as we go through the week. You have to stand in the identity of who you are in Christ. No matter what's going on in front of your eyes. And I know that's hard. I've been there. And I have failed in that perspective many times. But when you're standing and the world is bombarding you with everything, stand in your identity. It's not an identification card. It's an identity. This is who I am. I am 100% righteous. So if you need reminding of that, go to the media tab and start watching this lesson over and over again until that sinks into who you are and how you act. Okay, we're going to ask, ask some questions. So I will need a couple of people to volunteer to read some scriptures. And I'm going to start picking if no one volunteers. <laughs> we'll start over there with Priscilla. Would you please read? Uh, and you can come up and just read off the screen. We're going to do it in the translation I want. 1 Corinthians, I'll give you a call when, you, when you're ready. 1 Corinthians 6.17. Uh, J.D., you can read Ephesians 3.17. John, would you read 1 uh, John 5.12? Um, Brandon, would you read? Colossians first uh, Colossians I'm sorry, Colossians one, twenty six and twenty seven. And Paige, would you read? Ephesians four, twenty three and twenty four. And Harley, can you can you read for us? Okay. Second Corinthians five twenty one. Okay. Go ahead, Priscilla, you can come on up and read. First Corinthians chapter six, verse seventeen. She's faster than me. That's okay. You can read yeah, yeah, just right there, you're good. All right. Thank you. Yes. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Okay. The only way we can know that total transformation has taken place in our spirits is by the word of God. What does this verse say has happened to us? What does this verse? Yes. We've joined. We joined, as joined one what? One spirit. Yes. We joined to the Lord as one spirit. Amen. Yes, we have. Thank. It's on. Hello. Oh. oh let's do that again go ahead <laughs> rewind yeah we can okay we can edit that. first corinthians six seventeen, <laughs> but the person who is joined to the lord is one spirit with him okay the only way we can know that the total transformation has taken place in our spirits is by the word of god what does this verse say has happened to us we've joined the lord in one spirit amen so we have the spirit of god right amen okay good thank you um, who else did I choose? J.D., come on up. Y'all <laughs> feeling that flesh dragging on you? Yes, sir. Okay. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Okay. Where does Christ now dwell? In your heart. Amen. He does indeed. Yes, he does. Thank you. Okay. John, would you come up? First John, chapter 5, verse 12. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. Okay, so who must we possess to have salvation? Jesus Christ. Amen. Easy enough. Okay. Uh, Brandon, would you come up and read? There you go, sir. All right, this is Colossians, chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for the Gentiles too, and that this secret Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Okay. This is actually kind of tricky, so I I, kind of studied this one out, but what is the mystery that was hidden from ages and generations, but is now made known? It's not really apparent. It doesn't jump out at you. Right. Could you flip it over to 27? Yeah. And this is the, the riches in glory. That Christ lives j- in you. Christ lives in you. And that is the hope of glory. Right. And basically that means that we're stuck here in this flesh. But our hope, our con- joyful, confident expectation is that we will be in glory. Right. Amen. Thank you. Page. Thank you. Uh, this is Ephesians 4, verse 23 and 24. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Okay. And the question is, what was created in righteousness and true holiness? Your new nature. Yes. Or your, spirit. your spirit. Amen. Yeah, spirit. Exactly. Thank you. And Harley, please. Okay. This is uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Right. So whose righteousness do we possess? Jesus Christ. Amen. Exactly. Thank you. Okay, and lastly, uh, Ephesians 1, verse 4. And that says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. What is the standing of the believer before God? We're blameless. We're sinless. We're 100% righteous and holy as we stand before God in our spirit. Ephesians 1, Verse 6, so we praise God for the glorious grace that he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. And the last question says, how were we accepted? And if we don't know the answer to that, I'm going to read this entire lesson over again. (laughs) We were accepted by Jesus, by his sacrifice. He exchanged our sins for God's righteousness. So, I mean, that says it all. That's Christianity in a nutshell. When you accept Jesus Christ, you are made righteous. So, uh, when other people talk about, oh, there's many paths to heaven, there's many ways to the Father, sorry, you're wrong. There's one. Because Buddha didn't take my sins. He didn't take anything from me. I'm still filthy. You know? Uh, Muhammad didn't take anything from anybody except their life. But... Jesus took my sins. He took all the filth that I was and he rebirthed my spirit brand new, 100% righteous. That's pretty awesome. So we have a lot lot to be thankful for and to worship today. And let's remember that when we worship today. Let's worship from that place of spirit, that place of being 100% blameless and righteous before God. And then you can stand and just sing joy to God for that. Unless anybody has anything or any questions you have, We'll call that the end of our lesson. And um, we'll see you here at 11 o'clock for the service. So be blessed, and we'll see you back here.